League of Women Voters and the Recording Library of West Texas present Tall City Elections. Welcome to Tall City Elections. My name is Bailey Hennis. I'm the Executive Director at the Recording Library of West Texas and your host for Tall City Elections. I am a 5'8" female in her early 30s, and today I'm wearing a white cardigan with stripes on it. The stripes are kind of everywhere. It's just kind of fun. I have a red shirt on and black slacks. I have medium-length red hair, the kind that comes out of a box. It's not natural. (laughs) And today I'm joined in studio by an individual who's running for school board for District 3, Reagan Enojos. Hi. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Can you please audio describe yourself for our visually impaired audience? So my name is Reagan Inojos, and I am wearing a blue suit from Men's Warehouse. That's a Shout t- out. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Not endorsed by Men's Warehouse. Yes, I, I, let's put that out there for the <laughs> listeners. Um, I'm wearing, a, I guess you could call it a navy blue mm-hmm. suit, a uh, sky blue tie, a white uh, undershirt and uh, I have short hair it's got got some gray in it even though it's really not gray it's just white hair uh, mixed in I'm uh, 40 years old and I um, have brown hair Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us today, Reagan. This is a very important show that program that we do for those who are blind and print impaired so that they are able to know a little bit more about our candidates. So thank you for joining us today. So, Reagan, tell us a little bit about yourself and your connection to Midland. So I was born and raised in Midland in uh, 1981. I was born at Midland Memorial Hospital. And I am uh, a product of MISD schools. I went to Travis Elementary and then uh, Goddard, and Midland Freshman, then Midland High School, and I graduated in 1999. I moved to, uh, I went to the University of Houston afterwards. Uh, didn't like college too much, came back after a couple of years, and um, I got married, uh, started a business, and uh, I had my first child in 2003, and we found out that he had autism. And then that kind of started the process of me getting more involved in the community and advocating for special needs uh, children and individuals. And I started vol- doing more volunteer work with uh, those organizations and, and getting educated on those issues. And then I, uh, as my daughter uh, was, she was born in 2008 and she was going through school, um, I started getting more involved in the Midland ISD um, uh in the Midland Independent School District because I wasn't very happy with the status of our schools and my daughter was going to enter uh, elementary school and so I just started getting more educated on on MISD and I started realizing that we got a lot of work, uh, that we need a lot of change and uh, so as I started getting more involved, I was on the uh, Priority Midlands Education Working Group. Uh, and then after that, I was asked to help uh, advocate for the 2019 bond, uh, which failed. And then soon after that, I was asked to be on the advisory board for Idea Schools uh, when they were asked to take uh, Travis and turn that around. And and then I just decided that the next step for me was to run for school board because uh, there are so many things that, that we need to work on and, and move Midland forward into – the next cent- you know, into this uh, century. 
I know one of the issues that's at the forefront of your vision for uh, Midland is school safety. Mm-hmm. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, so I have a child that goes to Legacy Freshman, and that school is – I shudder uh, when I think about the the doors. There's so many doors that open directly to the street. They do not have – they only have um, one building that has internal hallways, and literally you will have hundreds of kids walking outside of the school to get to class, and, and, and it scares me. I mean I um, – I also help the Sam's Club victims, um, and I've I've become friends with the the father of the of the children as well, and I've spoken with the uh, family members of the Odessa shooting uh, that happened a couple of years ago, and it, it it's the threat is real. I mean, and even the Midland Police uh, Midland Fire Department Battalion Chief Jamie Farmer, who does trainings on. Uh, mass murder events as they're characterized now because they use so many different methods. Uh, he said it's it's in just a matter of time. Um, and so I, as a parent, uh, to me, safety and security is paramount to uh, to our kids um, because that, that's something that nobody should live through. I graduated a, a month after Columbine, and between Columbine and Uvalde, I don't, I don't think we've learned our lesson yet, and I don't want to learn a lesson after something bad has happened. I want to be proactive. Right. And would you like to see funds used for safety and reinforcement of safety yeah. protocols in our schools? So we have 18, and I think the number is going to go back down. I think we have 18 Midland ISD police officers. And that's one police officer for every two. And to me, that's just not enough. I mean, we're, we're spread thin. Uh, I believe Ector County has maybe upwards of to 40 to 50. And then uh, we only have one sergeant for our 18 officers. And Midland Police Department, they, ha- they have an average of one uh, sergeant for every eight officers. So we got a lot of room for improvement there. Um, the bond, when it comes through the pipeline, we, it really needs to address our safety and security issues. Uh, because legacy high, legacy freshman, Midland high, at any point in time, you have literally probably five to six thousand kids just out in the open uh, between classes, and and that that scares me. Absolutely. Do you have anything in mind that would help strengthen the, the those safety concerns? Uh, I, so I'm also on the long range facilities planning committee. And one of our recommendations was to tear legacy freshmen to the ground because mm. it is it is not a campus that's suitable for children. Uh, it's just very old. It's old. I bol- somebody, there's a rumor, and I this is not this is just hearsay, and I, you know I don't know if it's true or not that it was an old aircraft school. That's why those gyms are in the shape of airplane hangars. Okay, because they used to be an aviation school, so it's not a school for children. And so that that building should go to the ground. Uh, Legacy High School has so many exits, and uh, you know we've we've recommended two new high schools. And you know I've I've lived in Cy Fair, the fourth largest school district in Houston. I lived in that area, and they don't their their facilities are new, and they they don't allow for students to have to get to classes by going outside. They're all inside passages and hallways to get to class. 
So you would like to see a new facility built with uh, uh, some things already in place? Yeah. Uh, our campuses should have um, – uh, we have, like, I believe 60 to 80 doors at Midland High and Legacy High. I mean, that's just – that's way too many. Mm-hmm. And then they're – it's not like they're, you know, grouped together. They're just spread out everywhere. You know, at, at, at least at, a, at these newer schools – you may have 40, but they're all grouped in, you know, certain areas of the school for entry, you know, to come in and out. Uh, so, you know, we need to revo- we need to look at our facilities, uh, see what should be torn to the ground, see what we can just modify. Because uh, we've also recommended perhaps maybe turning Legacy High School into a middle school. So maybe removing some doors that we don't need. Um, so... There's a lot of work that needs to be done, and it's going to take months to, to, to pour through the data and speak to safety experts that the district just hired and see what their recommendation is as well. Would you say that safety is one of your top three items that you would like to see changed oh, moving forward? Absolutely. Okay. I, I know you're also an advocate for student achievement in, like, early college prep and career prep, things like that. Can you talk more? So one of the things I really I really want to try to get – so we, we on our committee we've also talked about getting CTE, which is career trade, uh, uh, for our for our students who college is not, you know, is not their the college isn't for them, you know, and and I'm I'm one of those, and what I would like to see is as a contractor I'm a builder and I do residential and commercial construction. Uh, we need where there's such a short short supply of electricians, plumbers, uh, HVAC, and I would really like to see, uh, as part of our CTE program, have uh, programs for students to, when they graduate, they may not go to college, but they'll have a plumbing license or an electrician's license or an HVAC license. Because in the state of Texas, you cannot perform any work or pull a permit unless you have those licenses in those fields. And so that, that's one of the things I really want. I really want to work on uh, getting through uh, at MISD during my tenure. Would that be a program within the school? Yes. I mean, we have a cosmetology program, mm-hmm. and they have to turn kids away. Wow. Because either there's there's probably not enough capacity or enough seats, or there's not enough instructors. I see. But, I mean, that, that sucker is packed. I mean, they, they, they have to turn kids away. Are our schools in general... At capacity? Yes, uh, especially in our secondary schools. Um, we, we are bursting at the seams. Um, there's room at our elementary schools that we can, we can move kids around. Um, we're technically at capacity only because some schools are over capacity and we have so many portables. So technically we are capacity, even though some schools' enrollment is lower than others. It's simply because other schools have are like above 100% of their capacity. Um, our secondary schools are maxed out. Um, that's one of the re- one of the decisions in allowing Idea Travis to have uh, to be able to teach a high school was because they're going to pay for their own secondary school facilities, mm-hmm. and it's not going to come from Millen ISD. That sounds like a very interesting idea. It is a third party. Um, Charters are, uh, you know, they've 
proven to be very successful with our recent star scores. Um, but yeah, in terms of but helping relieve capacity, um, YWLA will also have it, which was took over the Washington camp elementary school campus. They will also start having high school kids uh, attending that campus. So they're we're relieving a little bit of the pressure mm-hmm. uh, temporarily, but we really need a bond to address our capacity issues. Would you like to see more collaboration with those external parties? Within MISD? I, th- I mean, if we can't turn our schools around, we're going to have to ask them to help us out again. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if we cannot, uh, you know, Tommy Franks, you know, used to be uh, Dave Crockett Elementary. That was either the state was going to take it over or we had to close the school and shuffle kids around. So that Travis was going to endure that same fate. Uh, and so, so the only option was to bring in a charter school. If we can't turn our schools around, we're going to have to. You know, they have a track work record right now of success, and if we can't turn it around ourselves, and yeah, I think we're going to have to ask them to, to, you know, turn, ask them to, uh, to you know, help us with another campus. Do you have some ideas on how to turn the schools around? I know it's a slow process, obviously, but do you have like a first step? Well, I believe that if you do the small things well, then you will have a system and a structure that is healthy and self-sustaining and self-sufficient. And I want to go back to the basics and all the elementary schools in my district. I want to focus on having more community events, bringing in, you know, why can't we have churches that don't have a basketball gym? Why can't they use the basketball gym and invite uh, parents from the neighborhood to to hang out over there? Uh, why can't we have more, uh, you know, I believe Henderson, all those, there's four elementary schools in my district. Why can't we, and I believe they all feed into Alamo. Why can't we invite all of those elementary schools to Alamo for community events? Because that's where they're going to go after they're finished at the elementary level. Uh, so bring, we got to bring parents back to campus. We got to ask for um, churches and nonprofits to pour into our schools. We need mentors. We need uh, resources. Um, we need to ask our oil industry to help us with resources and materials that we can give to our parents. We we need a holistic way to address our academics and our schools. But the the short way of saying it is, we just need to go back to building relationships. I, mean, I could, you know, I could if I said I, I believe in building relationships. Well, how, you know, what does that look like? And sure. and that's what that looks like. You know, back in the day, I mean. Uh, the school uh, was the hub of the community because there was just one school and it had every grade, you know, first grade through 12th grade. Um, and that was probably when they were pulling carriages or, <laughs> you know, uh, the Model T Ford was, was <laughs> roaming the streets. But that was the hub for families and sure. everybody knew each other. So we need to make MISD smaller. And I don't mean literally. I mm-hmm. just mean – you know, that's the same we have at our church. We want to make this big place feel small. Yeah, you're, you're wanting to build community. Exactly. For sure. So you're also on the board of Be the Change, which is actually our neighbor next door. We're both in Midland Shared Spaces, so um, we're familiar with Be the Change. And can you talk more about the mission of Be the Change and how that definitely plays a role into you wanting to serve on the, the, the city? Well, our kids today... They deal with so many distractions and 
attacks on their on their well being, they don't know how to handle them because we don't know how to handle them. You know, we we grew up with we brought phones into their life. They they didn't bring phones into into ours. Um, so they're on social media saying all kinds of things, thinking there's no consequences. You know, when they're during COVID, they could get on Instagram and say something horrible to somebody because there was no consequence. Um, and then they're now they're at school and they're fighting because, or they're depressed or they can't handle it because now there are consequences to whatever you do. And you know what we like to do to be the change is help students be self advocates, help students have a healthy way of coping, help students look at each individual as someone that's sacred, um, and look at themselves the same way. I'll give you one example of one uh, exercise that we do. Um, and I, I actually stepped down from the board last year so I could go help be the change in the classroom at Legacy Freshman because there was, we were having so many issues. So I stepped down the board. I'm back on the board. But what we do, we sit in a circle, and we, we ask everybody to stand up, and then we ask a series of questions. If it's true, you walk to the middle of the circle. And the questions are, have you ever told yourself that you're ugly? Have you ever told yourself you're not smart enough or you're not good enough or you're not tall enough or you're not pretty enough or, uh, you know, you'll never achieve your dreams? And if every time we ask those questions, the person walks to the middle of the room, which I will walk to the middle of the room on every question <laughs> because it's just, you know, I'm, I'm okay that I can, you know, I've grown. Um, and the, some of the kids, they will. Some of them will be honest and, 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 be, and be brave enough to be vulnerable and, and, and share that with people. But then we set, we tell them to stand back, and then we tell them, All right, we want you to imagine your girlfriend, your mother, your father, someone you love. We want you to tell them the same things that you have admitted, that they're not good enough and that they're ugly or they're too short, they're too tall. And nobody will do it. Nobody raises their hand. We ask them, well, why don't y'all? You know, why, why, aren't, why aren't you participating? And they said, because that's mean, and I would never want to do that to anybody. And then we say, so why is that okay for you to do, t- treat yourself that way? And the room just gets quiet. And they scratch their head and <laughs> they, they're like, I don't know. That's a good question. So that's just, that's one exercise of many to help them um, be self-aware and to help them have a healthy way, have a healthy mindset. So does, does advocating for mental health and anti-bullying um, type subjects, does that mean putting more counselors in schools or what does that, what does that look like? I, I would love to have more counselors at schools. Like the counselors that are here, they're now, they, they don't really do counseling because they are so overwhelmed. Mm. You know, all they're, all they're really trying to do is just to make sure that kids aren't self-harming or harming others. Mm-hmm. Because there, there's no way they can reach every single child, I, and I would love to see, I would love to see adults have access to mental health. I mean, we are the ones projecting our anxieties and our fears into our kids, and our kids are looking at us and we're like, oh, so you know, I, I'm, the way they're reacting, that's probably how I'm going to learn how to, to cope. Right. I'm also on the Midland Memorial Foundation forum, and we right now are helping Russell Myers, the CEO of Midland Memorial. Um, with the behavioral center between Midland and Odessa, which is uh, a mental health facility that we've gotten $40 million. It's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. W- 
we we just got to raise another forty. But they, uh, with Uvalde, um, Governor Abbott and the legislature, you know, it was going to be a hundred bed facility. Now they're asking us to look at it maybe a two hundred bed facility. Wow. So. Yeah, I, I'm a big advocate for mental health, mental health awareness, and whatever we need to do to to help adults and children. Yeah, I think that's a great step forward to have that facility built. Mm-hmm. Um, at the Recording Library, we, of course, are mental health advocates as well because isolation and depression go hand in hand with a lot of our listeners who are homebound or struggling with feeling alone because of their visual impairment or complete blindness. Mm-hmm. So we're advocates for that. So we're very excited about the new facility. Yes. I mean, I have an aunt and she she's blind and uh she you know gets around by uh i think it's a dart or uh lift i can't easy rider easy, well it's easy rider but there's another one it's a uh, but it, she gets around um uh but she also helped uh it's a uh, organization called lighthouse mm mm-hmm. yeah. lighthouse for the blind lighthouse for uh-huh. the blind she helped bring that to midland excellent yeah and so they assembled pens and yeah. you know over at the lions club no, they moved from the Lions Club okay. about, I want to say, a year and a half, maybe two years ago. Right now, they're off of, I believe it's Lee Street okay, and La Mesa. All right. Well, uh, uh, we appreciate her being an advocate for bringing it here. I think they're a branch from the... Uh, Big, uh, San, San Angelo, Angelo location. Yes, that's Correct. excellent. Um, transportation for visually impaired is always an issue here in Midland. Well, and yeah. I, I, on the mental health aspect, um, they all... It, they all go there, not so much for the paycheck, but to hang out with each other. Absolutely. You yeah. know, it's a community, social. like we're talking about, Yeah, building exactly. that community of just like-minded individuals who are experiencing the same thing. Right. That's, yeah, we're actually in the process of starting a support group as well, which we'll collaborate with them for sure. Awesome. So um, that's something we're personally looking forward to. Um, I did mention, I, I did see while I was doing some research, um, something called Pro Dads. Mm-hmm. And... Can you explain what that is? And it was all capital. It's P-R-O-D-A-D-S, right? That's correct. Okay, and what does that mean? Okay, so Tony Dungy was the Indianapolis Colts football co- head football coach, and he, him and uh, Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl together. Well, he lost his son um, in, his, in his 20s, and Tony Dungy started All Pro Dads as a mentoring program to help dads. Um, so they've uh, schools will have uh, all pro dads chapter at each campus, and then uh, a couple of dads will uh, run it. And all pro dads gives them the material to share with every uh, every morning. They'll have donuts or or and if it's in the afternoon, they may have an afternoon and have pizza. Um, like one of the examples in the in the in the curriculum, I, I volunteered last week or two weeks ago. It says. Your kids will uh, never forget the times that you surprise them. Or your kids will never forget uh, when you show up to a football game or a school event. Or They will never forget those things. Uh, but they will also never forget how you yelled at them or how you handled the situation. Um, so it's just things like that to help dads just think about you know the their role and how important it is and uh it really is a leadership role um we don't really you know when we're doing the grind of every day it's it's hard for us to think i really am a leader i really am uh 
teaching these kids to go out in the world and, you know, we have to self-evaluate and make sure that we're sharpening, you know, iron, iron sharpening iron and, and, uh, you know, it's, it, no, there's no perfect dad. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to have a, the guiltometer ramped up here. Um, but we could always use extra help and, and it also brings other dads together and, you know, they get to talk about, yeah, you know, I can do a little bit better or, you know, they don't, it's a, it's a community as we've been talking mm-hmm. about and that helps them uh, relate and encourage each other and, uh, and see other parents and, and interact with them and see how they're, you know, it's a little support group as well. When was that started? Oh, that's Just a good roughly. question. I, I have a meeting with the director of development next week, so I wish we had this conversation okay. after. Um, but I was uh, just curious if it's been if it's kind of a new program. No, I think it's been around for probably I want to say seven or eight years, oh, if excellent. not more. Excellent. Yeah, that's great. I have two more questions for you to wrap things up. Um, what are some things that MISD does well, in your opinion? What do they do well? Gosh, that's a hard one. <laughs> um, and I, I don't, I, I say that, and I don't mean that in a demeaning way, because I know a lot of teachers, and there are a lot of friends of mine that work at Midland ISD and in, in the tech, tech, technology department, the security department, and the police department, and they they bust their tail and they work hard and they care about the kids and they want what's best for kids. And the only, the only thing that I can say that MISD does well is that they have a lot of very dedicated employees, people that are willing to sacrifice. They go home. They're still talking to parents on the phone. They're still grading papers after school on the weekends, working on getting the next week's curriculum ready for the next week on Sunday. Um, we have technology. We have locksmiths. We have painters. And and they care, you know. They're really not in it for the money. Mm-hmm. I mean, these painters probably make twenty dollars an hour, when they could probably be making fifty out in the private sector. I mean, sure. A lot of our people that work in the district, they just care about kids, and that's our that's our strong point. Mm-hmm. I agree, definitely. I have a couple of teacher friends, and man, they're just passionate. They're, they're the definition of Midland strong for sure. Exactly. I agree. And our, our last question is kind of a fun one. Let's say that you were to get a grant of a million dollars and it comes with staffing. <laughs> uh, what would you use it for? Who? Or where would you like to see it used? Are you in? talking about as Reagan or like as a school board member? But let's say that you're on the school board. And I had a million. And someone says, Reagan, I'm just going to give you a million dollar grant and you get to choose where you want it. Hmm. I think what I would do is probably have movie nights at every campus so that parents can bring all of their kids and they can interact with all of their teachers and they can not worry about babysitting. They they don't need to worry about leaving some kids at home. There's enough food for everybody. There's something for them to do. And I... I mean, this is a fun question. So, mm-hmm. um, sure. So, I, I would do it. I would use that money and the staff to build uh, community with our schools and our community. Uh, so, I guess if you want to call it a 
a school fair or school festival, mm-hmm. you know, every month, once a month, that's probably what I would do. Those seem to have been more frequent. Like when I was a kid, we had festivals, but I don't really see too many of them now. Yeah. and that's, Maybe after COVID, it kind of no, put I, those to the I, wayside. I, I haven't really seen them. Oh, um, yeah. Idea Travis has been really good at Bunch. They had Hispanic Heritage Month, and that school was packed. The cafeteria was standing room. They had mariachis. Uh, in all the halls, they had every Latin American country. Uh, they had some of their food, some of their drinks, some of their music. I mean, it was – I learned a lot, and, and it was fun. And I got to interact with parents and, and kids and uh, and the teachers. I mean, it was it was an amazing event. It's all about awareness and community. So, and you you have a, your hands in a lot of different nonprofits and volunteer positions. So, it makes sense that you would want to run for the school board, definitely. Um, and also, you're a Beacon Awards recipient, Volunteer of the Year, right? I was a nominee. Nominee. Yeah. Did you win? No, I did not win. Well, that's still it's still really distinguished to be nominated because in nonprofit we're all familiar with Beacon Awards. Mm-hmm. So, congratulations on being nominated well, for I that. That's that. that's. I didn't, it's not an easy win. Uh, well, it's not an easy nomination. So, well, I found out I was nominated after they said, "So, are you coming or not?" And I was <laughs> like, "For what? I don't. I don't know what you're talking about." Right. Like, well, you were nominated for Volunteer of the Year. I was like, "Oh, well, that's nice." <laughs> But uh, I'll be there. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Reagan, for joining us. Can you please let people know how to find you? So um, my name is Reagan Inojos. I'm running for school board, uh, MISD Board of Trustees District 3. And for our um, for your listeners, I'll leave my phone number. Sure. Because, um, you know, that's easier. Um, it's 432-557-8509. Um they can send me an email. Uh, that's Reagan Inohos, M-I-S-D-3, at gmail.com. And if they have access to Facebook, um, they can look me up on Facebook. Uh, and that's uh, Reagan for M-I-S-D-3. Perfect. Well, good luck on your journey, and thank you for coming in. All right. Thank you so much. It was a joy. Tall City Elections is a nonpartisan and unbiased community project of the League of Women Voters of Midland and the Recording Library of West Texas. The League of Women Voters and the Recording Library do not endorse, support, or oppose any candidates for office or a political party. All candidates for office are invited to participate in this project. 